This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by Overtime Media, this is Jay Kokorowski. We got John McNamara here. Hope everyone is enjoying the week. Beautiful weather here in Wisconsin. Should be gorgeous conditions at Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday afternoon when the number 17 Wisconsin Badgers take on the Central Michigan Chippewas and we're going to get into talking about the games and the takeaways and the injuries right now with Bryson Williams, I think is going to be something, uh, you know, like we'll see who steps up with, if it's Keanu Benton or others, we'll talk about the the injury list. We'll talk about takeaways. We'll talk about our over under predictions as a J badger blitz.com subscriber. J underscore Suddy has been giving us those. And those have been fun to do over the past couple of weeks. So uh, we'll get our over under predictions there, but, and we'll also play an interview with Chris Orr uh, from Monday. A great talk. I, I want to get it up there because it's a fantastic interview, in my opinion, and and very much uh, worth a listen. But John, you know, we are chilling here in the Vivid Seat Studio. We are a recruiting website. Big weekend coming up for Wisconsin. Let's kick it off there. Who is? Uh, let's start with the football side. Who's coming up to Madison this weekend, and what should we expect from those recruits? Yeah, on the on the football side of things i know that uh the recruiting staff is still waiting to get uh confirmation from a few other guys uh that they that they want to come from the 2021 and and even some guys from the 2022 class uh but the biggest names and we've talked about them before on here uh the official visitors are, are james thompson the defensive end from ohio isaac smith the wide receiver uh from tennessee and then aaron witt who's already committed to wisconsin uh, you know, we've like I said, we talked about this before, Jake. I think James Thompson has a real good chance of leaving Madison committed. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's his top school right now. He's he's went on record saying that, um, you know, if he if he leaves this weekend uncommitted, I think there's a few other schools that he w- would want to take officials to. Uh, he's mentioned Pittsburgh. He's mentioned Iowa State. But right now, Wisconsin's his top offer. And I think the staff is going to move to to close him out while he's on campus this weekend. I definitely think it's a a big possibility that he's number 15 for Wisconsin in this class. Uh, Isaac Smith, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he left committed. Uh, you know, Wisconsin and Missouri are his top offers right now. Um, and he's going to get a chance to see Wisconsin for the first time. So I definitely think that, you know, if if things are moving in the right direction and things are going well, that, you know, uh, Wisconsin could be his pick this weekend as well. But of the two, I think Thompson might be the most realistic com- to commit. And then obviously Aaron Woods uh, committed already to the Badgers. Uh, he visited uh, or took part in uh, camp this summer, and I'm sure he got a t- chance to take a look at the the town and the stuff while he was there. And obviously, he's committed to Wisconsin, so there's not a whole lot to report there. But um, Thompson and Smith are worth watching. I, I definitely think Wisconsin could add to its 2020 class this weekend. And real quick, too, before we look at basketball, who do you feel when it comes to? I guess how many more spots are there available, in your opinion? For this 2020 class, yeah, that's that's a good question. That's something that uh, gets brought up a lot in every cycle, and you know that number is always changing. Uh, that's that's never something that's set in stone, and you know it has to do with the attrition on the current roster, and you know guys that you know may not come back, and you know there's a lot that goes into it. I I kind of always thought that 18 could be uh, the magic number here for Wisconsin, and uh, you know that obviously, like I said, could could change. So. I could see anywhere from four or five more spots in this class. Um, they want to add another wide receiver, and we've talked about Smith, and they want to add another defensive end with Thompson. Um, obviously, Caden Johnson's a guy that they'd love to add at outside linebacker. Um, that's you know not necessarily a position of need anymore uh, with the guys that they've already have committed, but Johnson's been one of their top overall targets from 
from really the start of this 2020 class. So they, they're certainly holding the spot for him. Uh, you know, they'd like to take a running back uh, in this class. They, they have a few options here and guys that they'll probably get on campus for official visits. So, you know, I think those four, but again, stuff could open up later. So I think 18 right now, but maybe that number climbs to 19, you know, possibly 20 before things are all said and done. Let's look about basketball. And we'll all talk about football right now. The team's 1-0, impressive 49-0 win. A lot of talk about Paul Christ and his his program. But what about Greg Gard and the men's basketball team? Who's coming to town in, in that aspect? And how big of a weekend could this be for Gard and his staff? Yeah, you could probably argue that this is a bigger weekend for Greg Gard than it is for uh, Paul Christ, at least on the recruiting front. Uh Wisconsin is going to bring in two uncommitted uh, players in the 2020 class for official visits, Ben Carlson, Stephen Kral, uh, we Like we said before on the podcast, they're, they're from the same AU team in Minnesota, uh, D1 Minnesota, which competes on the Adidas circuit. Uh, they've the last couple of years have been one of the top uh, teams on that circuit. I believe, you know, one of the top one or two teams along with, uh, I think the Compton magic as well. Uh, so, you know, obviously a very good program that's produced Nathan Reavers and, uh, Tyler Wall, uh, you know, guys on the Wisconsin roster. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that those guys have officials lined up. So I don't think that either is going to commit while they're on campus. But uh, of the two, I think Wisconsin feels really good about where they stand with Stephen Kral. Uh, there's a few other schools involved in his recruitment that he wants to get out and see for official visits. Um, Colorado's there, Iowa's there, Minnesota's there, and even Northern Iowa as well. But I think when all is said and done with Stephen Kral, he ends up at Wisconsin. Uh, Carlson, you know, Wisconsin's going to have a big opportunity this weekend with him. Uh, they offered Earl and he's been, you know, uh, involved with the Badgers for, for a good amount of time. Uh, you know, we've heard Xavier, you know, you've heard Stanford is maybe his top two schools, but I think Wisconsin doesn't necessarily need to make up ground, but I think they have a big opportunity in front of them this weekend with him. And then Johnny Davis is going to take his official visit as well. He's committed to Wisconsin. Uh, his brother, Jordan Davis is taking an unofficial visit. And then they'll kind of flop roles, I think, in two weekends uh, when Wisconsin hosts Michigan. So it, it, it definitely helps having those committed guys there around uncommitted guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully that works out for Greg Gard and his staff. That's, that's certainly the mindset that they have going in there for, uh, for this weekend. So I know with this 2020 class, too, you have obviously Lauren Bowman. You got the Davis brothers. You have Carter Gilmore as a walk-on right now. In your opinion – what would it mean to get a Crowell or Carlson in that regard? What would that mean for the program and that 2020 class? It'd be big. You know, they need uh, bigs in this class. Now they've addressed the uh, backcourt, like we said, with uh, Lauren Bowman and the Davis brothers guys who project to play uh, in the backcourt. So, you know, they need, they need some front court help. And like I said, I think Crawl fits Wisconsin very well. You know, what's he, what he's able to do a guy that can play a little inside outside and you know, Carlson's kind of in that same boat as well. A guy that shoots pretty well from the outside. Uh, so, you know, if they were able to add, you know, one of those two or even both, uh, I think that'd be a great way for Wisconsin to close the 2020 class and, and move on to 2021 where they have a bunch of scholarships to play with in that, in that cycle. Now real quick too. And I mean, it's two weeks away. How big in your opinion, before we go to, our discussion with John Evans from Chippewa country, our rivals, friends that cover central Michigan, where I guess looking ahead just for two weeks from now, how big could that weekend be for Michigan? Even though it's an 11 AM kickoff, which I know can hamper some travel plans for, for players that are trying to get out to Wisconsin uh, with flights, early flights, there's delays. Uh, but how big could that weekend be coming up uh, in a couple of weeks as well? Yeah, that, that definitely has a, a possibility to be a big weekend. And, you know, just because they don't get official visitors doesn't mean it, it won't be a big weekend for them. Um, you know, there's there's going to be some in-state kids uh, there from that weekend. I know Hayden Nelson will be there. And then Hunter Wooler, you know, probably one of their top overall targets in the 2021 class uh, for the safety from Muskego. He just picked up an offer from Ohio State. So that's going to be a big opportunity for the staff to uh, to show him, you know, the game day experience and everything that goes into that. So. Um, just because you don't have the, the the big official visitors doesn't mean that it'll be, you know, not be a big weekend for the coaching staff. Um, you know, I would imagine that they try to get maybe some of their remaining targets on campus for that, uh, that date. You know, Lyneth Whitehead says he wants to take a visit to Wisconsin, but doesn't have a date yet. Uh, Savion Morrison is committed to Nebraska, wants to take a visit to Wisconsin this fall. Uh, there's not a date there set yet. Um, and then you look at basketball as well. 
Uh, they're going to have two kids in the 2021 class who take official visits. Uh, Matthew Moores, who, we, we, like we have said this before, we've talked about him on the podcast. He's been a longtime target for the Badgers. And then Chucky Hepburn as well will be on campus for official visit uh, to Wisconsin that weekend for Greg Gard. So um, it's a pretty big month for him as he's looking to, you know, close out 2020 and, you know, lay some groundwork for the 2021 class, uh, which already includes Chris Hodges so far. Now, folks, we talked some recruiting. Let's get to some actual game previews. We're going to kick off our conversation with John Evans from Chippewa Country. We recorded this on Wednesday night. I had a chance to talk with him. He talks about what Central Michigan did well against their FCS opponent in Albany last Thursday. They also went through a weather delay like Wisconsin did a day later on August 30th, but also just what to expect out of that MAC program the change in culture with Jim McElwain now leading the program too. So sit back, relax, enjoy. We'll take a quick break after talking with John and we'll return with our takeaways. And of course, some game predictions here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. We are back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast, of course, powered by overtime media. This is Jake Okorowski and joining us now, this is Wisconsin's second Game of the year, second non-conference matchup, taking on Central Michigan, and to help us break down the MAC program, we are joined by John Evans of Rivals.com. He covers Central Michigan on behalf of Chippewa Country. John, man, how's it going? And I know you're not coming up here for the game, but uh, how's everything going on your end? Oh, it's great, Jake. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, things are going good. You know, CMU opened the season with a win and. Uh, actually showed that they can score some points. So uh, I think the fans were happy about that. I think that you know, we'll go straight into that when it comes to what did you see last Thursday night? I mean, there was a, with that game against Central Michigan, taking on FCS opponent Albany. And one, there was a weather delay from what I had seen, right? If I'm not mistaken. And then yeah. just like Wisconsin, uh, which <laughs> dealt with that against South Florida and Tampa on Friday night. But what were just some of the key things that popped out to you? You mentioned the offense, you know, having an ability, having a pulse to score, but what did you, you know, what are some other things that stood out to you from that win to open the Jim McElwain era? Yeah. So I think there were two really big things that stood out. Uh, the first being the offense and just the ability to move the ball and, and find the end zone. And the second being just the youth of the team and the amount of freshmen that saw the field, so last year, you know, CMU won one game, uh, one of the worst or the worst season in program history. Uh, offensively, I don't think they scored more than 24 points in a game all year. Uh, so to score 38 in the opener was just uh, thrilling for fans, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, the quarterback play was the big thing last year that really held them back. It, it wasn't so much an overall talent issue. The the defense was actually one of the best in the conference last year for Central Michigan. Uh, they just couldn't score any points on offense. And the quarterback play was a really big part of that. And so uh, senior graduate transfer Quentin Dormany uh, bounced around, was recruited by Tennessee, and ended up in Houston. And then now he's here at Mount Pleasant. And uh, he really just did a nice job of, of managing the game, you know, making quick, accurate passes to the wide receivers who – really flashed some great athletic ability and uh, just, just the overall look of the offense, a lot of shotgun, a lot of, a lot of three wide, four wide sets and, and two tight end sets too, which was great to see because CMU does have a couple of big tight ends. The the starter is uh, the quarterback from last year, actually, Tony Poljan. He is a junior and um, he was recruited as a tight end, named the starter. He was actually recruited by a couple of big 10 teams, including Nebraska to be a tight end. So seeing him make the, uh, make the transition to tight end is great. And a lot of people think he has an NFL career in front of him at that position. Uh, so the offense really stood out for sure. And then just the, the sheer amount of true freshmen and played, uh, you had six true freshmen that saw the field last week and uh, nine players overall were making their first collegiate start for CMU. So uh, it was great to get the win and, and see just the kind of youth movement that's going on. And I mean, kind of even taking a step back, what have you seen out of, the changes you mentioned the one and 11 record last season. What has Jim McElwain done to the program and what has it, you know, what has he instilled even just, you know, that's been one game in, but what have you seen 
since he was hired into spring ball conditioning uh, segments, you know, seasons, what have you seen from him and how he's changed the, the direction of the program? I think, you know, I think discipline is just a, a huge thing. He came in and, and he had his first team meeting and he basically told players that, you know, you're doing things my way or you're going to leave. And we had players that left, you know, CMU saw players transfer out. Uh, a, a lot of players ended up just not playing. Um, and so he kind of, that was his way of kind of finding the, the tough guys on the team, I think, or, or just finding the guys that he wants uh, on the team. So I think he really just kind of put his foot down right away, tried to start uh, instilling his culture immediately. And you're, you're seeing it pay off so far. You've seen the progression slowly over the, the summer, the spring, and then the summer, and, and now into the first week. And uh, just the overall demeanor of the team, I think. I think last year was um, it's just a strange year. You know, you, you could see that the team had some talent, just couldn't put it together at all. And for any kind of sustained stretch in any game, uh, you saw flashes, but that was it. And so see them kind of put together full quarters, even a full half a play last Thursday. Uh, it's all a product of, of his environment that he's created. And, I mean, only one coach uh, made it through from the last regime. It's an entire new coaching staff. So uh, Charlie Fry, a familiar name to many football fans, I'm sure, is the offensive coordinator for Central Michigan. And, uh, you know, he seemed to really do a good job of molding the quarterbacks. And, and the quarterback room is so much different from last year. So I think those are the biggest things that Jim McElwain has done since uh, stepping foot on campus. So you mentioned some of the, the weapons on offense and, um, you know, in ter- in your opinion, you know, you talked about the tight end, you talk, you know, there's the quarterback, Jonathan Ward. Let's talk about, I, I want to kind of d- deep dive into him. He had about 150 yards uh, rushing another 53, if I'm not mistaken, through the air receiving. What does he bring to the, the offense for central Michigan? Jonathan Ward is um, one of the most electrifying players in the nation, in my opinion. I know it sounds weird and, and not many people have heard of him, but I've been following this kid for a long time since he was a junior in high school and he committed to CMU. He, he, he kind of showed that he was going to waver on that commitment and he came in and made an impression right away, played as a true freshman, actually played in the game at Oklahoma state where CMU stunned uh, stunned the Cowboys in, in their, on their field with that Hail Mary that, that many people remember from a couple of years ago. But uh, he, he's just an electric player. He's got speed. He's got quickness. He's tough in the middle. He can run between the tackles. Uh, one small issue that keeps popping up, or at least popped up in the first week, was the fumbles. Um, he tends to put the ball on the ground, and that's a, that's a quick way to find the bench. So um, he's going to need to clean that up. But yeah, once he gets going and, and he's an open open field, um, there's not many people that can catch him. When it comes to the defense, too, when it um, I was going to ask with that, I know you know gave up 21 points, but under 250 yards altogether to the FCS program. Where the I know it's like, and I'm not trying to obviously disparage an FCS opponent, but did you see signs from Central Michigan's defense that show yeah you know, that showed improvement from last year? Or what what other takeaways did you have? from that defense itself? I think it may have actually been a, a small disappointment on the defensive side. Like I said, last year's defense was one of the best in the conference, even though you might not think about it because the team only won one game, but uh, they lost a lot of talent. And uh, one of the best players on the team, uh, defensive end, Mike Dana, he actually transferred to the university of Michigan where he's starting on their defensive line, uh, an NFL talent for sure. So to, to lose him was big. And then, losing Xavier Crawford and Sean Bunting both to the NFL draft, Bunting in the second round, Crawford in the sixth round. Uh, you know, losing that much talent on the defense is, is obviously going to hurt. And so you just have you have a lot of youth, uh, at least two, two or three freshmen starting and uh, multiple sophomores starting. And uh, you just you see you see a lot of, you know, common mistakes, especially on the secondary side of things. A lot of guys getting getting burned on double uh, double routes and um, safeties kind of kind of getting lost out there standing up. So I think maybe a small even step back for the defense compared to last year. But like I said, they're young. They're going to improve. I think the biggest uh, standout is uh, def- on the defensive line. Redshirt freshman Laquan Johnson. He's a six three, two hundred seventy five pound kid. He played at the very end of last season and, and showed that he is 
got a, a lot of talent and, and a bright future. And so he's a full-time starter now as a redshirt freshman. Uh, you, you'll see him on the field. He seems to find the ball all the time. And then uh, on the back end, you've got a couple, a couple of freshmen there. Kyron McKinney Harper is a true freshman cornerback who's got a lot of athletic talent. And uh, the senior safety, Daquan Jamison, it's, it's finally his time to be a full-time starter. And he's going to need to really step up and show that he's a leader. And then in, in your opinion, you know, I know what I thought I saw 30 plus point favorites, Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin is heading into this, their home opener for the 2019 season. How could central Michigan make this interesting in your opinion? You know, I know there's obviously, like I mentioned, there's a lot going on with that point spread. Wisconsin comes off a 49, nothing win on the road against South Florida, where maybe Tennessee, uh, Florida state, Arizona, Purdue within their own division did not fare well against group of five schools, but how could central Michigan make this interesting? I think, you know, it's a daunting task, no doubt. Uh, Wisconsin looks like they're one of the best teams in the country after the first week of the season. Uh, It's just going to be one of those games where you just got to keep it close and and see what happens at the end. Uh, That's typically what happens when you get a, when you get a team like CMU up against a big 10 foe, you know, if you keep things close uh, going into the second half and then, you know, things get even closer towards the fourth quarter and eventually, you know, Wisconsin fans are saying, well, what's going on here? And then something crazy happens and CMU ends up with the lead with, you know, 30 seconds left. Uh, I think in order for them to have a chance at that, they're just going to have to, you know, uh, limit the turnovers for sure. You can't turn the ball over and then uh, just try and control the clock on offense. Be be efficient, you know, show that you can make those quick, accurate throws in traffic and keep the chains moving because uh, if Wisconsin holds on to the ball the entire game and just runs the ball with Jonathan Taylor, I think it might be a long night for CMU. But uh, they showed some talent on Thursday night and, and showed that ability to move the chains. So if, if they can do that and, and at least have some kind of clock control on offense, it'll give them a chance. And then what's your game prediction then? Score? Anything and then anything else that pops out uh, when it comes to what you think will happen in the game? I think uh, for good reason, CMU maybe doesn't get the respect that they deserve after last season. Just, you know, winning one game and being one of the worst offenses in the country will do that. So when I first saw the line, you know, CMU plus 34, I thought, well, they're they're probably going to cover that. And then Wisconsin, you know, coming off a 49, nothing win. You say, well, maybe not. Um, I think they do cover that line. I think uh, somewhere around the around the score of like a like a 42 to 27, something like that, uh, maybe 24. I think CMU gets up there and at least keeps it interesting in the first half. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jonathan Taylor. He's just he's a stud for the Badgers. I'm sure you, you all have fun watching him every week. And uh, shoot, I'm gonna have fun watching him as well. Um, but I, I think uh, I think CMU at least makes it a respectable effort and shows that uh, they can score some points at the very least. John, it's been great having you on. Uh, where can people find you on social media and, and what's coming up next for you? Yeah, it's just uh chippewacountry.com. That's, that's the website. And uh, you know, we've got stories there and, and all of our, uh, all of our Twitter feeds there, Twitter, it's just at Chippewa country, pretty simple. Um, always tweeting about, uh, you know, injury updates and, and recruiting updates. Uh, next up, you know, CMU's got a home game with Akron. So uh, I think the I think the goal right now is to just go in and put up a good effort against Wisconsin and try and steal one on the road and then come back home in front of the home crowd and, and get a conference win against Akron. John, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Okay, thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Guys, it's John Evans from Rivals.com, Chippewa Country. Again, uh, for all your news about Central Michigan, make sure you check out our rivals, cousins, uh, and John. So we're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap up the show. We got some more coming up, some more predictions from John and I. Stay tuned here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media, and we are in the Vivid Seats studio. Of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Of course, first-time customers only. And if hopefully you folks are checking out the game this weekend between Wisconsin and Central Michigan inside Camp Randall Stadium, the home opener for the number 17 Wisconsin Badgers. We're going to talk some takeaways now. You guys saw the injury list. At least three defensive starters are out. Bryson Williams with a left leg injury. Scott Nelson at safety with a left leg injury. And Isaiah Green May at outside linebacker with a right arm ailment. And on top of that, Chris Orr, inside linebacker, still officially questionable with a right leg injury. He told us later earlier this week, you'll hear it on the podcast in just maybe about 10, 15 minutes that he rolled his ankle during the win against South Florida. So uh, you have that. Uh, to, we talked about what to improve upon. Uh, we Last podcast, we had a lot to discuss with what we saw and some takeaways there. But now this is how we're going to go into our three keys to the game. John and I both will spew out three keys. We'll start off with you, John. What do the, you know, what's your first thing that Wisconsin needs to do against Central Michigan? Yeah, I don't think I have it as much as the three keys, as much as maybe what the coaching staff wants to see. Uh, so I approached it a little bit different. Well, I read the question. I just chose to answer differently. <laughs> so my my first one was get. I think it's important to get uh, to get Cohen into a rhythm here. And I, you know, I, I think he played well against South Florida. But you know, looking ahead to Michigan, obviously, you know, there's not a team in the country that'll tell you that they're looking ahead in the schedule. But I think it's going to be important for Jack Cohn uh, to get in a rhythm against Central Michigan. Uh, you know, I think he connected with, all, what was it, nine receivers or something uh, against South Florida? How many yep, receivers yep. did he hit? Nine yeah, receivers. so, I mean, you know, you definitely want to see more of that. But, you know, you, the after South Florida, you talked about the deep balls to Quintez Cephas. I think just, you know, getting into a rhythm that he can take into Michigan will be important. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he can do that. Obviously, Wisconsin is going to pound the football, but uh, you know, getting Cone into a rhythm and, and kind of continuing to progress from what he showed you against South Florida will be important for Wisconsin against Central Michigan. Yeah, I got yeah with Cone. We talked about I think we talked about it ad nauseum on the site and in our Badgers Den forum. I know one of the threads right now is talking about Jack Cone's performance, and fans on on both sides are talking about how he needs to hit, hit the deep ball. And we've all said against a Michigan State or Ohio State, a Michigan or Michigan State for that matter. He will. Uh, it was just the first game, and when you don't have limited reps, or when you do have limited reps with Quintez Sivas, sometimes the chemistry is just a hint off. Though Cone on Monday took ownership and said he needs to put Sivas in that position to make a play, and he didn't. So he owned up to it there. I think we've seen him hit those deep passes during fall camp, and even Joe Rudolph uh, during media availability this week mentioned just how he's hit them as well. So I, I think that may be more of a, depending upon the, the talent or who the opposition is, that could definitely, you know, change. And But I think Cone can make those throws. He's He can throw it deep. So it's not an issue of arm strength whatsoever. Uh, when it comes to my you know first kind of key, I think it's just establishing control on offense once again, running the ball. It all starts with Jonathan Taylor. 135 yards on the ground, 183 all-purpose yards with four touchdowns, two on the ground, two through the air against South Florida. And, you know, we, we know, and I'll talk about the defense in a little bit for Wisconsin and what, they, what they'll face, but Central Michigan does have a little bit of a tempo, uh, a little bit of RPO action, can spread them out. I saw some empty sets uh, that the Chippewas deployed against Albany. It'll be interesting to see just what they do against Wisconsin's defense. But I think it, with, when it comes down to it, Wisconsin just needs to control on offense, give Taylor the ball, see what the running game can do, open up, keep some the defense honest with some play action from Cone. And I think he'll hit on a couple of deep passes to, uh, this week and just go from there. Uh, but that's my first key. And I think that, you know, you want to establish, I think, more consistency with that offensive line, more control. I think that's where it starts with that offensive line where you saw 11 tackles for loss, three sacks against uh, South Florida. So I think that's going to be a key. Just get things rolling, get a rhythm, get consistency, as Joe Rudolph mentioned on Tuesday as well. Um, 
Number two on my end, we'll go straight to defense on here, John. I mean, the defense needs to stay assignment sound against Central Michigan and, and their RPOs. I think it's a big thing for, I mean, you know, granted, it's an FCS opponent, Albany, but you saw week one, Tennessee, Florida State, among others, Purdue, all losing the group of five schools. Though that was FCS for Albany. Um, I mean, they racked up almost 530 yards of offense, 38 points. Uh, they did put the ball on the ground four times. They lost three fumbles. So uh, I think with, you know, talking to Zach Bond, he mentioned on Monday, they, they run similar personnel, which is 12 personnel, like what Wisconsin's offense normally does. Uh, but they, they run the ball a lot. They do some RPO action. And against an RPO thing, uh, RPO action, I think Wisconsin just needs to stay assignment sound and and work on that and make sure yeah, I think they're going to be able to dom. Uh, not, I don't know if I can say dominate, but I think they're going to be able to contain a lot of what Central Michigan can bring. But uh, they'll have to watch out for the tight end, uh, the Tony Poljan, who is a could be an NFL prospect. But again, I think Wisconsin can dominate this game, even with injuries. You know, on that defensive unit, I think they can still control that. I think it all goes back to being assignment sound. What's yours? Uh, what's your second one? Yeah, you know, similar to what you talked about, Jake. Um, I think the RPO is, is a nice test for Wisconsin. It's good to see that. It's good to, uh, you know, play against that. Um, so I think that'll be a nice test for Wisconsin at home against Central Michigan. Uh, but, you know, you, you want to continue the momentum from what you had against South Florida. And, you know, obviously, you know, pitching a shutout in week one on the road is is a big deal uh, no matter who you're playing. So, you know, to continue that, to continue to put pressure on the quarterback, uh to continue to see guys like Zach Bond, you know, play well, um, I, I think will be important. You know, obviously, I think you know you and I both think Wisconsin is going to come out on top here. So I think that if you you want to see a lot of the things that you saw uh, last week against South Florida continue on against Central Michigan. Wrapping up our three takeaways or, or what to watch for here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast for Wisconsin Central Michigan. What's the big thing for you, John? I think we're both pretty similar in our third one. Yeah, stay healthy, and you know yep. I. This is me assuming. I think the injury report that you saw, uh, you know, come out on Monday and then expand today with Bryson Williams. Uh, you know, obviously Wisconsin's not looking past Central Michigan, but I think if guys are nicked up right now, they want to make sure that they can give them a rest, especially when you have guys that you can plug in. You know, a, you know, you, you think about Logan Bruss, a guy like David Mormon. I know that the staff feels good about plugging in there. So I think that you know, if guys are a little nicked up uh, going into this week. I think they're being precautionary here with a, a bye, and then you have you know obviously a huge game against Michigan coming up on the schedule. Again, that's that's my assumption. That's that's those are my thoughts there, and you know that's not confirmed by Wisconsin. But I just think that uh, you know obviously you want to come out of Central Michigan healthy. You do have the bye, but you have a huge game against Michigan the following weekend. Yeah, both Michigan and Wisconsin have buys heading into the conference opener. Michigan takes on Army this weekend after starting off the season with a victory at home. So I'm with you there, staying healthy. It is interesting that they added Bryson Williams onto the list this week. Uh, he was not on the preliminary report on Monday. And I really, you know, it. Paul Chris mentioned that, you know, it's still kind of too early to kind of talk about if he's going to be ready for the Michigan game. Uh, that's officially what Paul Christ had said. Uh, he also mentioned that, you know, basically he had, sounds like Williams had done some work uh, yesterday and it just, uh, he will not go on Saturday against central Michigan. So uh, I do think they have pieces to plug in uh, with on the defense. I think it's with Keanu Benton. I think you could see a healthy dose of him. Uh, it really depends upon what type of defense Jim Leonard throws off. If they go to that two, four, five look, which is a nickel look, you'll see two defensive linemen and, you know, Garrett Rand and Isaiah Loudermilk started off that uh, for the defensive linemen in the game against South Florida, but you saw Matt Henningsen get in there and you saw the impact that he made. Uh, Bryson Williams was in there, but now he'll be out. Uh, does David, uh, David Foff, a Keanu Benton get in there. I think that helps with the depth overall for that group. If they stick with that personnel uh, on defense, like they did in the first week. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, I think every you know, I think the one area I'll be watching uh, is outside linebacker with Isaiah Green May. I think safety with Eric Burrell. You saw what I thought he had a solid fall camp, and I think uh, there's a solid two deep of safeties. You know, Colin Wilder had an inter interception, and I'm not too worried about the defensive backfield. It's just with the versatility they have at both cornerback and at safety. I do feel with 
outside linebacker, you know, Isaiah Green may grade it out pretty darn well. Uh, you know, he was, I'm, I have the stat up here right now, 79.8 on pro football focus last week. Uh, Noah Burks came in and, and we'll, you know, Zach Bond likes what he saw out of him last week. Um, we'll see, you know, he's in that first team spot. I think Burks, I think Tyler Johnson, Christian Bell. Uh, you also have Jalen Franklin who had a sack later in the game. Uh, they'll all be needed to step up to put some pressure on central Michigan. So uh, those are our three takeaways or what to watch for from this upcoming game on Saturday. John, we're going to bring back our over under predictions right now. Shout out to our good friend and subscriber, Jay underscore study who gave us just a few more. Uh, we'll, we'll make this quick folks for over under predictions. First one he gives us over under 3.01 quarters worth of playing time for Jack Cone. Does Cone take any snaps in the fourth? What do you think? That's a good question. I'll take the over. I think he plays one drive in the fourth quarter before uh, they turn the turn the keys over to Chase Wolf. I'll go under. I think I think it'll be three quarters. I think Wisconsin will control it the game in my opinion, despite the injuries uh, for this second game, the non-conference schedule, I think works in their favor, but I'll say probably full three drives. And then we'll see either Wolf or Mertz uh, on that note over under 14.5 carries from Nakia Watson. I'll go over. I think Jonathan Taylor will, he'll play again, I think into the second half, but I also feel Nakia Watson showed himself to be a great compliment to Taylor. He was even in before Taylor left the game and, and played well, in my opinion. But then he took that 27-yarder for a touchdown in the second half. You saw the speed off the edge there, uh, along with being a bruising type back, a more a bigger type back. Um, I'll go over, in my opinion. What do you got? Uh, another good one. I'll go I'll go under, slightly under, because I think Shaw's going to get some carries there as well. You know, They could have an equal kind of workload on Saturday. Uh, but though, like you mentioned, Jake, you know, Watson, I get, oh, would assume enters before Shaw, but, um, I think they both get double digits, low double digits. So I'll say just under for Watson there. Uh, I'll say he gets, you know, 11, 12, 13 carries, but just under next one up there over under 1.5 new true freshman playing. So reminder, Leo Chanel, Samar Melvin and Keanu Benton played against South Florida. So, so three true freshmen played down in Tampa. Do you think there'll be more true freshmen playing 1.5 more uh, playing on Saturday? Yeah. You know, you would expect this is a, a good opportunity to get some of those guys in. And especially uh, with the red shirt rule, you can play four games without burning your red shirt. And I, I just, I say yes, but I don't know who that next wave of guys could be. I think Chanel and, and Benton are really safe bets to, uh, to burn their red shirt this year. I think they're, they're firmly in the two deep at their respective positions. So, you know, I kind of count those guys out as guys I expect to, to continue to play this year. Um, you know, smart Melvin, you know, does, does he play again this week? I don't think that's set in stone. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of young cornerbacks on that roster. Um, you talked about Njong Meta, uh, you know, potentially playing, you know, especially if a guy like Chris Orr is out, you know, maybe we see him in the second half. Uh, but other than that, you know, you don't know that the tight ends, Cundiff and and Hayden Rucci, are those guys healthy? Um, I'm, just, you know, I just I don't know who that next guy is. So I guess I'd have to say the under there. And I know everyone wants to hear Graham Mertz. I, I, I'd have to say the under there though. Right. I, right now I'll go under as well. I, I, I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out who would be the next in line to grab those reps. Uh, and I think uh, Mumu Jungmeta, as you mentioned, I think he. Has an ability, to, he could, uh, based off of what we saw that last week of fall camp, where he, it seemed like he was maybe that third tandem in where he'd pair with either Leo Chanel or Mike Mascalunas. So I think that could be possibly be it. Um, I do wonder about what, you know, Logan Brown was limited for a good part of fall camp from what we had seen. I think it was, I think it was the last practice that he actually took some one-on-one -on -one pass rushing drills from, from what I saw with my eyes. But I think that'll be something to watch. Does Graham Mertz get the call this time? Chase Wolf went up, you know, against South Florida. Does, do you see Graham Mertz now maybe take, you know, maybe they switch off. Uh, 
every so often just to get them reps just in case. So that'll, that'll be something to watch. I'll go under though. Uh, if it, I think there might be just one more uh, player, a true freshman there. Over under 44.5 points scored by the offense. John, what do you got? Oof. I'll go over on that. I think that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have, you know, not a whole lot of tr- trouble moving the football against central Michigan. You know, they got 49 against South Florida. I could see a similar number against uh, central Michigan. So I'll take the over on that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll go over on that. Uh, if they could score 49 points on the road, uh, I think they can, every game's different, right? So um, in based off of what we saw from Central Michigan, it was a good debut for Jim McElwain, but I think Wisconsin gets gets above that. Uh, and, and I'm not going to say easily, but I think they do get over 45.44.5 points. Last one, over under a turnover margin of 3.5 plus 3.5 for UW. I'll go, I'll go under. I think they get, I think the turnover margins three. Um, Again, South Florida, they had, it was a plus two where you had the Jake Ferguson fumble in the second quarter, but then they had three takeaways, the the fumble uh, recovery by Matt Henningsen for the touchdown after the strip sack from Bond. You had, of course, the two interceptions by safeties, Eric Burrell and Colin Wilder. I, I think they stay, I think it's, I'm, there's bound to be, I think, at least one turnover by Wisconsin. But then again, too, Central Michigan coughed up the ball four times. They lost three fumbles against Albany by themselves. And, and, and so we'll see if they can solve that problem on the road in an environment like Camp Randall. But right now, I'll go under. I think it's a plus three for the game. Uh, what do you think, John? I'll go under as well. I think Cone tosses an interception. Uh, on Saturday against Central Michigan. I do think Wisconsin's going to force some turnovers, but I don't think the turnover margin is going to be uh, that high. So I guess I'll go the under. And again, big thanks to Jay underscore Suddy, our BadgerBlitz.com subscriber for giving us those and keep them coming, buddy. We appreciate it. Right now we're going to take you to an interview with Chris Orr that we had on Monday. Great conversation. I know it's a little maybe, I wouldn't say time sensitive or anything like that, but just a great talk with him about the inside linebacking group. I asked him about what that Mike Mascalunas hit that uh, the redshirt junior inside linebacker had against the punter of South Florida. I thought that was a great conversation there. We talk about his health and how he was feeling earlier in the week. And we talk about the inside linebacker group as, like I said, as a whole uh, and the nickname that he, that they've given each other uh, pretty entertaining there. Uh, don't miss it out here. He is on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. So we're here with Chris Orr, and first off, you know, we'll talk about the injury in a little bit, but what does it feel to get a shutout on the road when you see other programs maybe that stumbled either on the road within your division or in the SEC with Tennessee losing at home to Georgia State? What is it, does it feel like that win against South Florida was a little bit more impressive given the fact that you shut them out and on top of that scored seven touchdowns? Right. Um I don't know if I look at it like that, but more so just uh, happy with our growth as a team and seeing us actually put everything together, you know, with like live bullets. Um, we, we felt pretty good going into the game. You know, everybody felt confident, but it kind of just reinforced everything that we were saying. And now we know that we can do stuff like that. And now we have a standard to live up to for ourselves, you know, more so than just like the program standard, but our, our standard as a 2019 Badger. So uh, I, I feel like it's, it's great in that, in that perspective. I was say when it comes to how, how did you assess the, the inside linebacker group? You look at the stats. Mike Mascalunas led all the team in tackles with six. You and Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel all had five. Just how did the how do you assess their performance and the rotation that you guys had? Right. Uh, I think I think we all played pretty well. You know, we all nobody had a blown assignment. Um, we was able to rotate guys in. You know, we got up big, so we was able to rotate more. So everybody played actually pretty much half and half, pretty much. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it was fun to see them play, fun to see them actually get out there with some live bullets, make the calls themselves, make the checks without, you know, a coach or anybody on the sideline telling you what to do. So uh, I think it was great. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun to watch them. Can you talk about Mike Mascalunas almost depleting a punter? Yeah. How, what, what, did, what, what was your reaction on the sideline? And that was a, even from the media box, that was a pretty heavy hit. Yeah. Oh, man, I was running up to him, man. I was telling him he caught a body. Uh, we call our little position group Death Row. <laughs> got to catch a body to get in, and he, he's stamping himself right now. So everybody else got to catch up to him. So I was excited. 
So, so okay, with that linebacker group, right? So he's got his stamp. Like, what what does it take to make a stamp then for that group? Either a big hit, uh, big play. Even if it's not uh, something crazy that people see, you done decleated an old lineman or whatever the case is. But uh, anything physical and nasty or like a pick six or anything like that, that's how you get stamped in. So is, it like how do you, is there a physical stamp or how are you guys figuring out? Is it going to be on the board somewhere? Is it going to be like a decal? Huh? No, it's, it's, it's not a decal. It's pretty much uh, as long as the position group approves. As long as we all approve, then you have it. Uh, when, it, when it comes to just the defense as a whole, uh, only 157 total yards allowed, 26 on the ground. Uh, what areas did you see? I mean, obviously you guys put pressure on the quarterback and you guys held the, you know, the offense, uh, one that was unknown with some of the offensive personnel possibly. But what, what are some areas, too, that you know, some strengths, but what are some areas that you even saw that you guys could improve upon heading into Central Michigan? Um, I, I think we did good defending against the run. Uh, I think we did good applying some pressure and covering, but uh, I think we could definitely work on pretty much all of that. But uh, especially, you know, uh, staying with the coverage, you know, as, as it breaks down, the pocket breaks down, quarterback gets to run and staying with the coverage as well as uh, uh, somebody uh, being able to secondary contain on the quarterback, you know, when he gets spooked and trying to get up out of there, you know, being in the right, right spot so you can help contain him. So I feel like that's probably the two things that I would say we need to work on the most, but definitely improve on everything. Uh, have you had a chance to look at tape on Central Michigan? I know they played last week. They had their own brain delay that they had to deal with, but what have you seen from their offense that uh, if you've been able to see a lot and, and how how do you think they could affect you know what you guys are going to try to do too? Uh, we've been, I've been able to watch some. Uh, I know they're uh, up-tempo offense, very up-tempo. I want to say last week they ran a play like every 10 seconds and ran like a total of 86 or like 92 plays. So um, definitely uh, adjusting to the tempo. Uh, they have a really good running back, really elusive running back. Uh, the quarterback is great with the RPO scheme that they like to run. Uh, and, and their O-line does a good job too. So um, I feel like they can definitely provide some issues, especially with the tempo. And uh, anytime you play against somebody that does RPO, you know, you, everybody has to do their job every play, um, no matter what the case is. So I, I think they'll, they'll provide a good challenge for us. Uh, and then... For you, like, how are you feeling right now? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, but how are you feeling? Uh, what happened on, on Friday night, and, and what do you feel your status is going to be for, for Saturday? Right. Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, I just basically rolled my ankle pretty bad uh, Friday night. Um, I think I'm going to be able to go. You know, I was feeling good, you know, working back into it, running around a little bit. So I definitely feel like I'm going to be able to go. I'm going to do everything that I can to play. So It's going to be your last home opener. Uh, does that feel oh, weird? Dang, I didn't I, I, that. I, 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 sorry, I didn't mean to, like, Make it emotional, but like, what 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 goes through your head if you know it's your fifth year, right? Walking out, last home opener. Uh, what does Camper Emma mean to you? Right. Um. I, I didn't even think about that before you said it, but uh, now that you said it, now that it's on my mind, um, it's definitely gonna be pretty special. You know, it's definitely gonna be a little surreal when I get out there, but uh, make sure that I do my last home opener with a bang. You know, definitely wanna leave that goose egg up there again. So. Uh, my last question, I always ask you, how's Gucci? How's your puppy doing? Man, my puppy is great, man. He getting big, uh, big boy, chunky, <laughs> love to run around, love people, even though he don't look like it, but he loves people. Actually, loves people more than he likes dogs. He gets annoyed with some dogs, but uh, he's, he's doing great. I had to bring him up here sometime. And we are wrapping up here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Big thanks again, uh, to everyone for listening let's right now john game predictions how do you see this shaking out inside camp randall stadium on saturday afternoon i think it's another comfortable win for wisconsin uh you know especially after the way that they played against south florida i think uh you know they they may have proved a few people wrong who who were doubting you know certain parts of their game i just think that uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor is, is just such a special weapon and, you know, to have him in the backfield to get you started um, is, is a huge thing for Wisconsin. Um, I think that central mission gets, gets on the board. Uh, so I, I'll go 48 to 14 in favor of Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'll go 48, 10. I, I don't think there's not much, there's not much more. I think with the defensive injuries, that may help a little bit, but I'm more confident in Wisconsin's depth at, at certain positions now. But maybe maybe too comfortable, but maybe too com- confident. But I think Wisconsin gets it done about 48-10. Big win for Wisconsin. They head into the bye week, 
and then prepare for Michigan coming up. So um, on that note, John, what, what should we expect coming up in the next uh, couple days here on badgerblitz.com besides all our game coverage? Yeah. Uh, high school coverage. I'm going to get out to a game a, in a couple minutes here. Uh, I'm going to go see Milwaukee King play uh, two big time sophomores. Uh, and we'll hopefully have some stuff on the site tomorrow, which is Friday. And then I'll try to hit up another game on Friday night as well. Possibly Trey Wedding's game against Oconomowoc, uh, but that's not set in stone. And then, uh, you know, this weekend we'll be busy with covering the official visits that we talked about and also the unofficial visitors that, uh, that we'll try to hammer out as well. So recruiting will kind of amp back up at the end of the week, like it usually does. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, something that now, now that we have home games, now there's gonna be a lot of visitors on campus and we're going to try to catch up with each and every one of them. So, uh, we'll be recruiting heavy, hopefully for the finish of this week. And then, you know, rolling right into, uh, to the rest of the season. Absolutely. And folks, course you can find all of our content on badgerblitz.com wisconsin.rivals.com we put all our stuff up on facebook wisconsin badgers on badgerblitz.com for john for his twitter account at mcnamara rivals for me at jake coco and of course the official badger blitz account at badger underscore blitz and then for this podcast we want to make this the most wisconsin badger badger centric podcast out there for the Badgers fans, right? So please give us reviews, give us feedback. We want to make this, like I said, a great community and have a lot of fun. If there's things that you want to want to hear, if you want to see things improve, if there's particular areas, let us know. Uh, and also, like I said, send us feedback on our Twitters, uh, through our reviews on iTunes or Google. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Now on TuneIn as well. The TuneIn app is great. I love it. All four of those media, along with the Overtime Media website, be sure to check it all out. So on behalf of John McNamara, this is Jake Kokorowski. We're going to talk to you guys, what was it, probably on Sunday, recapping the big game, talking some more recruiting visits and what we've heard here on the Badger Blitzcom podcast, powered by Overtime Media.